what to do during the holidays in the greater Philadelphia area. CoStar is coming for Zillow right in New York City. And we're also going to talk about some local places you can support for takeout holiday dinner next on Tool Time. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and we are back with another holiday edition, very festive of, of Tool Time. And what we're going to start with is, I mean, I don't know about you, Sarah, but I've seen that a lot of people, they're like, what do I do during the holidays? All the fun stuff I would normally do, I can't anymore because of the pandemic. So we came up with a list of a couple things that are festive, safe, socially distant. So why don't you break down what to do in the city? I'll talk a little bit about the suburbs, and we can try to support some local businesses here. Sure. So um, if you're somebody that likes to go to the ballet and see the Nutcracker or see some of these other um, different holiday uh, ballets that are out there and you're pretty bummed about missing it this year, there are a couple of different um, places that are putting on virtual shows. So um, the Pennsylvania Ballet is presenting the Nutcracker. It's streaming December 16th through the 25th. You can either do... Um, kind of an unlimited package to view it as as often as you'd like. Uh, that's $50 or for $25, you can do a one-time viewing on Christmas Eve. Um, there are a couple others out there as well that are kind of giving you that that experience virtually that you're, you're not going to be able to get um, as you normally would this year. Um, a few other things that are out there as options that you could, you could go out and do. Um, you could go down to Winterfest in Philly. Um, they have skating. You need to reserve times to be able to do that. They have a couple of different, um, you know, hot chocolate stands. And I think there's a Ferris wheel. There's a couple of different outdoor events where you can kind of walk around and get the Christmas spirit. Um, so those are a couple of different options. And if you're looking for something to do with the kids, um, maybe where you're staying in the house and you just want to Zoom, there's actually a couple of different uh, virtual cooking classes that are out there where you could make gingerbread houses with the kids, or um, I think that there's a, a snowman pizza class where you can go on and kind of just do some cooking, but have it be virtual and a little bit fun. I mean, I'm in for snowman pizza, probably yeah. out for the ballet though. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, it's not my, not my cup of tea. I've been in the Nutcracker once and it was uh it's like a one and done sort of thing, but very cool for the people that like it. I know my daughter's a big dancer. So um, a couple things I thought were, were pretty interesting. <clears throat> the Legoland Holiday Bricktacular. So this one was pretty wild. It's every weekend at Legoland in Plymouth Meeting and they have a Lego sleigh. You can build an ornament. Um, there's Lego reindeer. So that, that's very cool. That's at Legoland in Plymouth Meeting. Um, the Longwood Gardens Christmas, that one's outside, so you know, bundle up. And uh, they have, obviously, like the Garden uh, Railway, um, which has like the Christmas train that runs around. They've got a lot of lights, a lot of great holiday things. That runs until January 10th. That's down in Kennett Square. Uh, those two really jumped out at me. And then also there's um, Morris um, Arboretum was uh, is having a holiday garden railway that's every Saturday and Sunday until the end of the year um, from 4.30 to 7 p.m. 
So those are all some, some kind of more of like family friendly things that you can do. Cause that's my life right now with three kids. That's what we end up doing all the time. Sarah's got that, uh, the dink life going where she's at, at least for the time being. So, um, those are a couple cool things. And I mean, th like if you Google stuff, there's a lot of people trying to do things. Uh, those were the ones that kind of jumped out at me as something that would be pretty fun to do for the holidays and really help some local businesses. Because I, I think like Legoland, for example, that's gotta be pretty tough right now for them. That's like a very interactive place. So, um, that's what to do for the holidays. I mean, I don't, do you have any, like, have you done anything, Sarah? Like, tell me a little bit more about what you guys are doing. I mean, you're probably not like going around caroling or anything like that, but like any, anything that's, that, that you got on your radar here? I mean, I wish I had some cool activities that we were doing, but I honestly don't have anything. We, uh, we were going to go uh, get a Christmas tree with um, our cousin the other week, and then that didn't end up happening. So that was really our only <laughs> holiday activity. So we've been. So if you uh, want to get a tree, you can cut yeah. your own tree at Lynn Villa Orchards. Like you can actually okay. go out, like get the hat. That, that's pretty. I think we talked about that before. I know um, neighbors of ours did that. And the tree looks pretty good. I saw some pictures from the window because that's the world we're living in right now. So, uh, but yeah. I, I would, uh, that, if you want to get a tree, that's a good spot to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What about you? Any, have you gone out and done any of the activities? We drove around and looked at Christmas lights in our neighborhood. That was very exciting. Um, we're doing, um, we, I think our daughter is going to tune into one of those ballets because she's like does dance class and stuff. So like for the parents out there, like it's not like, I mean, in my view, I'd rather have her watch on TV so I don't have to go. So I think that's like pretty, pretty cool. Like it's like a dad, like I don't have to sit through the whole thing. So, well, I so think have you seen the Christmas commercial that's been on recently where the dad like learns how to dance to the Nutcracker because the daughter's into it and like order, I think it's like an Amazon commercial because he's just like ordering a bunch of stuff. But so you're not going to surprise your daughter with a Nutcracker dance and a full like screen of it out in the backyard. <laughs> I mean, I think you know the answer to that question. So um, plus I can't dance. I, I you know, it's, it's tough this year. I think so that the, the, the fact that there's anything going on is pretty cool. Um, and, uh, I mean, maybe this is, a, but yeah, I'm not going to be surprising over the dance. If that's what you're asking. I'm going to remember this stuff in, in, in a couple months here, Sarah, and I'll be bringing this up to you next year about what you can do. So great ways to support some local businesses. Uh, we do have like the news has been a little slow. Lately. There has been a lot happening. This story is very interesting to me and kind of piggybacks off, uh, that co-star buying, uh, buying, buying the home snap app. So, uh, co-star came out and um, HomeSnap, the app that they bought, which I know you use a lot, it's basically like a real estate listing portal. Um, they are in talks, HomeStar's in talks right now to develop a New York City focused listing portal in partnership with the Real Estate Board of New York, the REBNY, which would directly rival StreetEasy, which is owned by Zillow. Um, so to, before we get your take on this, just to explain, I think an important fact here, New York does not have an MLS. New York City does not have an MLS. This is a big deal because friends of mine, peers in New York City, they don't have access to all these listings. And with NAR's clear cooperation law, they don't have to give access. People don't have to share all the information. So the fact there's a rival portal, pretty interesting to me. What do you think about all this, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, in the, what, two weeks since um, CoStar basically acquired HomeSnap and these changes have, have been in place, I mean, they've been coming after Zillow pretty hard. So it's just another example of them saying that they're not, they're not playing around and they're coming out strong and that they, they want to implement a lot of different options for, um, for clients as well. 
So I think it'll, you know, Zillow's hasn't had that level of competition uh, in recent years. And this is something that they're going to notice. I couldn't agree with you more. And I look at this in, in a couple strategic ways. One is that like what market is sexier than New York City, right? Like that is like the real estate epitome of the US. Um, it's, you know, you get a 1200 square foot condo, it's a couple million bucks. Like you're, I mean, you're, you know, it's bigger than, big as my office, we're sitting here, it's like seven, 800,000, right? So they're going right for the jugular is my view. And secondly, what, what I see here is that I mean, CoStar has come out and said they have, they, they've gone to Zillow's offices and they have a fundamental problem with their business model because they think, and this is what HomeSnap does, and, and you use the app, so I'd love you a lot more than I do. So I'd like to, you know, certainly share that with everyone. They, CoStar wants the listing agent's information on their listings. Zillow doesn't do that. Like it'll be kind of buried at the bottom, but typically you'll see like a grid of photos on the left. And then on the right-hand side, there's going to be three agents that advertise in the zip code. And a lot of buyers, look, we get these calls. We, we work with Zillow. They think they're the listing agent. And CoStar has come out and said, I don't agree with that model. So, and now my understanding from HomeSnap, because again, like it, it says who the listing agent is right on the app. Of course, there's all the docs there. So it seems like this is going to be a little more user-friendly for buyers and a little more transparent. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I love that it, it cuts out a lot of the um, stuff that's unclear that that happens on on Zillow like as the if, for if I mean the buyer's agent if I'm if I'm taking out buyers it's great if you have a question or if you need information to not have to go through what feels like a lot of steps to get to the person that you want to talk to um and it just you're able to get right to the source and it's kind of like why do we hide that <laughs> you know like I want to talk to who I want to talk to I know that like for Zillow they want you calling in connecting with a buyer's agent and kind of going through that route and not just getting directly to the listing agent. And I mean, I do understand that. I understand parts of that, but um, as being in the business and you know, just wanting to be able to quickly get in touch with the listing agent and get contact information all in one place without having to jump through hoops, um, it makes things move smoother. And I, I do like that. <laughs> Well, and think about this for New York, right? They don't have an MLS. So it's all, all of a sudden a lot less clear. And, you know, with, with when I, I've talked to, uh, so a buddy of mine, Josh Rubin, I think, you, I think you've heard me mention his name before. Unfortunately, you couldn't meet him because, hey, it's a pandemic, so we don't get to do this stuff. But I would usually see him a couple times a year. And he's right in Manhattan. He works at, at Douglas Elliman. And, I mean, he's telling me there's an MLS lookalike, but I got to go to Street Easy. But then sometimes I have to hear it from a co-broker. And he has to go to brokers open houses. And it seems a hell of a lot harder doing business there than what we're used to. So this sounds like it's going to make it a lot easier for the consumer. Now, on, on the flip side, I get that a buyer probably wants a buyer's agent to represent their interests. So it, it's more just the transparency of information, I, I think, is, is, is the biggest point here. And look, I mean, this is a, this is a pretty aggressive move. Homestat did not comment about this, by the way, if you notice in the article. So, right. uh, and this is the only market in the U.S. that doesn't have an MLS. So to me, you're going to the biggest, sexiest market, biggest city. You're going right after them with something they've had a monopoly on. And you already said you have a fundamental problem with their business and are taking the and backing it up with your actions. I mean, this is not going to be the end of this. And I, it's really, and, you know, everyone forgets, right? Like realtor.com, you probably don't even know this. Realtor.com used to be the only online portal for real estate like 15 years ago before Zillow was out there. Then Zillow came on the scene and basically just put them out of business. I mean, they're still out there, but 
when you deal with both companies from a consumer side, because we're consumers and we deal with them, meaning they're consumers, like I can't even get a call back from realorder.com half the time. So if CoStar is going to be like this and they run a good business, this is, this is going to be a, a, a dogfight. I mean, I'm, it's really going to be a big challenge to Zillow here. And, you know, maybe it's going to you know, hopefully benefit the consumer and benefit the professionals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Staying over. I mean, not by a long shot. This is just the, like the opening shots here. So it should be interesting. Yeah. So keep your eye on this. If you care about real estate, if you don't just come to us and we'll fill you in. Right. So um, next topic where to go get Christmas dinner, right? So I got a little holiday hat here. I'm going to put on for this one, keep it festive. Uh, and then we're going to a little Christmas debate about this is ridiculous, by the way, like, look, at, it's got like reindeer antlers and bells. So, and my head's also too big and barely fits on. So where should people go get Christmas dinner if they don't want to cook, Sarah? I know you looked at a couple of places I did too. So why don't you fill them in? Yeah, so I mean, there were a couple of different options out there for um, for takeout, um, where you can kind of pre-order your your meal, and they have a lot of different Christmas specials. Some of them, uh, Tallulah's Daily. I know I've talked about De Bruno Brothers uh, on a number of the the episodes here, but De Bruno Brothers is also offering a couple of different options for you. Um, and Iron Hill is also coming out with some different uh, Christmas holiday meals for you that you can pre-order. Um, what's nice about that is there's obviously quite a few locations. So no matter where you are at, um, there's probably one not too terribly far away from you. Yeah, that, I mean, that is pretty cool. Cause I mean, I don't like, so hopefully there's no kids watching, but as a parent on Christmas day, you got a lot to do, right? So the last thing you feel like doing is cooking some whole dinner and, and doing all that. So I, I do like the idea of takeout. I think Iron Hill, they're in Ardmore, Westchester. There's one in media. Um, the Bruno brothers, they're at the Armour farmer's market. There's the one downtown. There's a lot of places all over Tallulah's garden is pretty good too. Um, when I, sometimes I think when you're getting like takeout on Christmas, I think of like the Christmas story, right? So they're like the dogs eat the Turkey and they end up at a Chinese restaurant. So there's two places in particular, uh, Tom's dim son in media and in Chinatown. And they're serving your like traditional Chinese cuisine, um, and I mean, they're gonna have dumplings, rice, chicken, pork, beef entrees, and they're saying you should order in advance. And then the other one is Tsunami in Westchester, and that's more of like a Thai uh, sort of <clears throat> cuisine with like sushi, tempura, fried rice. So if you wanna go like totally ham, and not like a real ham, but like totally off base for Christmas dinner, those are a couple places you can get takeout. Because a lot of people, like the bigger dinner is Christmas Eve, I think. And then like Christmas Day is like, oh, I'm exhausted from, all the festivities and uh, I don't feel like doing anything. So a couple great local businesses to support. We're gonna tag them in the episode here. So the biggest debate, best Christmas movie. What do you think, Sarah? I, got, I think there's a, there's a lot of contenders here. What's your, what's your take on this? What's your favorite and what's the best? Well, you've already told me that mine's lame, but <laughs> I, stick by I love, my comment, by love actually. <laughs> love actually is definitely my favorite Christmas movie. Um, I just love it. <laughs> Tell us more. Why do you like it so much besides the British accents? Yeah, British accents are good. Um, I don't know. I just love all the little clips of everybody's different stories. I feel like there's a lot of just like funny lines in it. And um, my siblings and I have like many a Christmas holiday watched it together. So there's random lines and things that I feel like, I mean, I can't think of any on the spot right now, 
but where we've like quoted things from that or I know a couple of months ago my sister called me and was like what movie is it and there was just it's some like ridiculous scene and I was like love actually <laughs> so I don't know it circles back around uh for me different times I just I like it <laughs> well you're a woman and it's a total chick flick so I'll, I'll give you credit there just because I wouldn't watch it doesn't mean it's that lame I was it's kind of busting your chops, which we usually do back and forth uh, all yeah, the no, time. Eric's so. always like, at Christmas, Eric's always like, oh, great, love actually. At Halloween, he's always like, oh, I see you're watching Hocus Pocus again. So like, you know. Oh, yeah. So I watch Hocus Pocus <laughs> with my kids, though. That's actually a pretty, like, because there's not a lot of good Halloween movies unless, like, someone's getting, like, murdered. And, like, you don't want to show that to your kids. So I have seen Hocus right. Pocus with my kids a couple times. So I'll, I'll, I'll support that one. But apparently there's, like, a lot of festivals about that movie. Were you aware of this? Like, the people, like, get together and, like, hold the lines for that movie? No, but I'm not surprised. It has like a crazy cult following. And um, yeah, I like all of these years later, I feel like it's even more a thing now than it was when it first came out. So I'm not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> we'll see pictures of Sarah at the next Hocus Pocus Festival yeah, in like right? Salem, Massachusetts next year. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be the first to report that one. So, um, so mine, I think that there, so there's, I got a couple different, and, and I guess my perspective is a little different because I got like little kids, so they watch their movies, right? Then there's the movies you're not supposed to watch with the kids that I find hysterical. And then there's like the classics. So I would say the classic one to me, and this is like everybody, National Lampoon's by far, like our kids were actually watching that on Thanksgiving. And then my daughter, Gina, who the, 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 I think you recognized it like rock climbing gyms before, she started quoting yeah. some of the most inappropriate lines, which I was like, ah, maybe not a good one for them to watch, but my father-in-law loves it. And he was over here. So that to me is like the classic, like funniest one that like pretty family friendly for the most part. Like even yeah. there's some foul language, but it's not anything like too inappropriate. Um, in terms of kids movies, like that one's interesting because there's so many of these things. And I feel like there's like 20 more that come out each year. So our kids really like the new Grinch that came out, which I think is better than the Jim Carrey one. Um, oh, I like Benedict the Jim Carrey one. I haven't seen the new one though. Well, so the Jim Carrey one's like very weird. Like when you look at, it, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I have a different perspective now. Um, like Pharrell narrates the Grinch, which I think is pretty cool. And they play some like good music in it. So I've probably seen it like 40 times. So, you know, it's, it's kind of what we're dealing with. But to me, my classic favorite, and there's, there's two that I really like. Um, the Night Before with Seth Rogen, hysterical. Have you seen this? So I have not seen the whole thing. So I've gotta, I've gotta do that this we're going to have a pop quiz on this next week. Okay. And to me, the best one, and this, this is like the most hated Christmas movie ever, but it is easily my favorite is bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton. Like it is, that is so funny. bad, but it is, I went and saw that in the movies. I, I was such a big, like when I was, I think I was 21 or 22. When did it come out here? Um, that to me, is easily the best one and it'll come on. And it came out in 2003. And, uh, and there was a sequel four years ago, which I haven't seen, which I'm, I'm, I have nothing to do this season, so I'm going to watch it. And they yeah. have the same kid in it, by the way. And he's like, like, Oh, really? So I, I'm going to have to check that one out. But Bad Santa by Billy Bob Thornton, ridiculous. Like, it, it's so out, but it's like one of those like cult classic movies, and probably 90% of the population hates it. But that is my go to. My cousin likes it. We quote it all the time. So yeah. that's the Tom Tool version of Love Actually, Sarah. <laughs> Yeah, no, bad bad Santa is funny. I do I do enjoy that. I also like Elf. Um, Elf's a so, good one. Elf's a good one. The classic. <laughs> yeah, what at seventeen years old we found we figured out last week. So I know, which seems insane, but apparently that 
is what it is. So I mean, we're both we're getting, getting older here. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's on, you know, we can we can be elves at heart, right? So yeah, for sure. I think we just gave like all these movie reviews. Great episode, very festive. We'll catch you guys next week. Watch some of these movies because you got nothing else to do. And more importantly, support some of these local businesses. We'll catch you soon. Thank you.